and welcome back to Fertility Talks, the Therapy Fertility Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Von Nedding. Today, I'm sitting down with our medical director, Dr. John Kennedy, for a quick catch up on how things are going here at Therapy Fertility, as well as a very exciting announcement that we have to make. We're kind of coming up towards our second mm-hmm. birthday. We are. And I think we're doing really well. I want to make fertility treatment accessible for those people for whom it was previously inaccessible. As we have got busier, and we have got busier, what we've done, I think very appropriately, is scale up to meet that busyness. So we're not compromising on patient care. The processes are still working very well. The portal, thanks be to the good God, is still working very well. And we just want to be able to grow. So, Dr. John, and how are back. you? I'm great. It's been ages since I've done it's one of these so podcasts. Long. So, like the room, we have I, I think I did one podcast here before with Claire. You I did it. You did like a live stream. The live stream, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, it was nothing as fancy as this. Um, We're moving up in the world with our candles and whatnot. I mean, <laughs> tell you. And our, we were talking just before. We'll, okay, we'll, he's going to bring this. it up. You know what? There's a couple of these ficus plants around the clinic, and one of my offices is healthy, and the ones everywhere else are not. And make of that what you will. It's very, very disappointing. Okay. So like we've we've gone there, so I'm gonna have to tell the story. Complete sidetrack to this episode, by the way. Thank you for sticking with us. But um, I bought two ficuses uh-huh. for the podcast, and because I'm not here every day, I need to make sure that you know they're being minded until I'm uh-huh. here again. So I decided to put one in each of the doctor's offices so uh-huh. one in dr john's one in dr mcgatt's and a couple of weeks later i came back and realized that the one in john's room was thriving no shade to dr mcgatt but his was not his was 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 not doing very well so unbeknownst to john yes. i switched them out because yeah. i figured John could bring the other one back to life. So I switched them and I was going to tell you that I did, but I didn't tell you. And then, and then John arrived back in and said, that's not my plant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not my plant. Exactly. But yeah. to be fair to you, you brought the other one back from the this brink. Is, this and one now very far this gone. one where I, I still think you can save it. Between two ferns, Zach Galifianakis, that's what we're looking at here. This is You're a miracle worker, yeah, John. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bring yeah, yeah. bringer of life. I'm sorry. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. Moving I love on. I love the side tangent, but it's yeah. great to have you here. Thank you. Because we did the whole of season one together, mm-hmm. which was lovely, and I've missed yeah. having you here. There were good chats. There were yeah. good chats. Yeah. Different occasions. There were great chats. I think. Yeah. I think there's there's a lot of good content. I know how these things work. Like if content's not always going to watch a podcast from mm. a year and a half ago, um, but there's some really good mm-hmm. information in there. I think it's as relevant today as it was back then and i'd encourage you if you are looking at fertility journeys and stuff like that you want to know a bit more check check them out i think there's i think there's value in them absolutely i still i meet people all the time who've literally just gone back and listened to them and have found them very valuable in terms of you know knowing where to start and what to expect um in terms of a fertility journey so yeah well done us so as always what am i doing here today (laughs) i know i always ask you and you say what are we talking about today today? so we're just gonna have a quick chat about like how you know we're we're kind of coming up towards our second birthday Mm -hmm. we are and i think we're doing really well i think we're doing really well um we've spoken about this a little bit before but it bears repeating when we started this there were a couple of key philosophies that we were bringing to the table accessibility 
affordability mm. and evidence-based. This was the mantra. <clears throat> we were all looking because we've all come from various different backgrounds. <clears throat> we've all come from different fertility clinics. And we've all done things different ways. Mm. Some better, some worse, some the same, some different. And what we were looking to do was bring what we felt the best parts of everybody's experience into the process was to build something that really was very streamlined, very efficient, very evidence-based, and I think that's critically important, um, that was going to deliver high success rates and it was going to deliver coherent care mm. and it was going to strip out a lot of the noise that, that infects modern medicine and especially mm. fertility. In that regard, I think we've done really well. I'm really proud of the team here uh, the lab have performed exceptionally well and it's the lab that is the kernel of the the, the nerve center of an ivf clinic it's not mm. the doctors it's not the nurses not the hcas they all perform incredibly valuable functions but success and failure really does live with the laboratory mm. and they've done incredibly well we're producing our fertilization rates our blastulation rates our usable embryo rates our clinical pregnancy rates are all incredibly strong it's exactly where i would want mm. them you always want more, but it's exactly where I, where, I'd, where I would want them to be. And that's because we're not getting dragged down into the weeds mm. with noise. I think one of the biggest challenges we're going to have in this coming year is we're going to have a cohort of patients who are coming back having had repeated failures. Mm. And that's because of the statistical nature of the work that we do. It doesn't mean anything is wrong. It just means this is sometimes how it goes. And for those patients, you're dealing with a very vulnerable cohort who are now looking for additional answers and unfortunately with a lot of this stuff there aren't any additional answers it's sitting with the embryo we don't think the embryo is strong enough we need to try with a different embryo but where this starts to get some momentum is oh there's something wrong with me i need mm. to do this additional test on my womb i need to do receptivity testing or microbiome testing and all this and these things are all available they're all commercially available and they're all used by many clinics and hell look i'll put my hand up and say maybe i'm wrong but what i can say is that the compelling evidence at the moment is that those things don't increase your live birth rate. But it's really difficult to sit there and have a conversation with somebody who's just been hit and hit and hit with failure and say, yeah, I know all these other people are telling you to do this, that and the other and you'll get a baby, but I'm not going to do that, mm. you know? And we're right not to do it, but that's still going to be the tougher mm. conversation. So far, we're holding the line. So far, we're still building momentum. And as we have got busier, and we have got busier, what we've done, I think very appropriately, is scale up to meet that busyness. Mm. So we're not compromising on patient care. The processes are still working very well. The portal, thanks be to the good God, is still working very well. And we just want to be able to grow because this was never about being John's clinic. Mm. You know, this was never about being Carol's clinic or Melissa's clinic. This was about building something that is process-driven, that's scalable, mm. and so that we can roll it out and make this more accessible to more people. There is talk of public funding coming. I know this wasn't the, the focus of, of this evening, but um, when and how, who knows? And I don't think people should be waiting for that. Mm. And I want to make fertility treatment accessible for those people for whom it was previously inaccessible. And indeed for those people who've done, for, who need, because a lot of people need more than one round, you know? Mm. So how, how do you fund that? How do you offset that financial cost mm. and just really have to deal with the other bigger costs the physical and the emotional costs yeah. which which take a bigger toll so yeah. that's the goal now this year so a couple of exciting things are happening one of them being that we have just opened our limerick satellite clinic yes. and again that's a way of making it more accessible to people yep yeah absolutely so we we 
have worked with satellites in the past mm. and satellites are they're they're an odd thing because what you they look like just commercially they look like brilliant opportunity and that's why the guys who own ivf clinics and you know run ivf clinics from a commercial they think satellites are brilliant because it brings in patients from different demographics and it's fantastic and patients love it delivering good satellite care is really much mm. harder than you think it is we have one huge advantage in that in that we have therapy mm. to sit with and we can take spaces in existing buildings mm. where there's an existing structure where there's an existing reception that you know we're not the same company but there's definitely linkages mm. there so we can piggyback mm. on them in terms of that after that it is very much about getting the right person yeah. in there you've met lauren right she's incredible i mean I, i'm blown away by how much of a rock of sense she is and that's mm. high praise you know she just is kind compassionate and incredibly sensible she has taken to the systems here and the process here like a duck to water she's very experienced in the space already so i'm really excited mm. about this satellite whereas in the past when i've worked with satellites in the past i've always been kind of a bit worried oh god this is going to, <laughs> this is going to be rough yeah. this is going to be difficult uh, to deliver but this is just going to be brilliant and so to put that into perspective, it just means that if someone is living closer to in the Munster area, instead of coming up and down for scans and bloods during a cycle, absolutely, they it's won't just, have to. It's just, look, we've always been trying to like make it easy, make it mm. simple, reduce the number of visits mm. you need to get you across the line. And we've been trying to be efficient mm. with that. But still, we're still in Dublin. You yeah. know, that's yeah. and that's an issue. And so if we're attracting an awful lot of patients mm. from outside of Dublin and there is travel travel means time off work travel adds anxiety travel adds hassle you mm. know so if you can do less mm. of that it makes it easier to go through the cycle it makes it faster it makes it more efficient it means maybe you can if you're working from home you can do some hybrid model where you just dip in and out from mm. the scan so much easier so yeah. yeah again proof of concept get this right get the right people extend out yeah, you know? so Limerick first, and then, then we'll the see where yeah, we go. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the exciting things. And the other exciting thing that is going to be happening very soon, which is something that we have been talking about for a long time, yeah. something that I have pushed very hard for. Absolutely. Um, and I'm proud that we're kind of getting to it now. And that is our funded fertility grant. I think it's fantastic. Yay. So yeah, no, this is this is great. Um, so look, it all goes back. You talk about costs, physical, financial, emotional. Um, everybody, when you talk about costs, thinks financial first. Mm -hmm. Of course they do because it's an objective yardstick. What you going now? We have tried to make this accessible. We have tried to make this affordable. But in an ideal world, people, this is this is a right, not a privilege. Fertility, mm -hmm. infertility, subfertility is a disease. Mm -hmm. It is not. It is not a social construct mm. okay we acknowledge this this should be something that should be provided as part of a healthcare framework and touch wood down the line it will be yep. bulibus more i'll be delighted mm. okay um i think the space for everybody here um that will be even in the absence of that we have tried to make fertility treatment more accessible more affordable we use that word accessible and affordable let's call it spade a spade we've tried to make it cheaper Okay, we've tried to see where we can streamline the process and pass those savings onto the end consumer instead of just trying to increase a margin or a profit or what have you. Okay, 
but it's still a bite. We still are aware that people are struggling. I would have, I would see patients uh, who are having to, who have done cycles in St. Elsewhere or doing repeat cycles with us who are saying, we're taking a break. And they say, okay, you're taking a break. Yeah, we need to, I just need to charge, recharge myself emotionally and we need to look at the finances. Mm. And there's that single line. We need to just think about the finances. These are couples who are pinned to their collar already. Mm. And whatever about denying yourself a holiday in Torremolinos, you know, that's, fine you could do a cycle but you know when you're getting into things like you know we're remortgaging the house mm. or we're not we're putting off essential house repairs or essential car maintenance kind of thing that's that's a problem mm. you know so it's great to be able to in some in some way some small way to give something back here yeah and, and that's and that's what our funded fertility grant is it's about giving something back and yep. obviously it would be great to be able to you know provide cycles for everybody um but in, in, in some small way, we'll, we'll be giving back. Yes. So a bit about the grant. Tell me about it. Um, basically, it's going to be open to everyone. Okay. So everyone can apply and um, you come through, you say, I want to be um, an applicant here for this grant. And it won't matter who you are, what your story is. All that matters is that you come in, you have a chat with the nurses, you have a doctor's consultation, you do your testing, you get a treatment plan. If you are then eligible, and the only eligibility criteria is that you have, um, I believe you call it a cumulative success rate yep. of thirty percent or more. Yes, which is reasonable. So, yeah, what does? So this is where we're going to maybe get some pushback. Mm. So, when you talk about cumulative mm. live birth rate, the purpose of an IVF or an ICSI cycle is to get eggs, make embryos. Mm. The idea of any one egg collection is to get as many eggs as you reasonably can. That test of quality is then to turn them into embryos. And then each of those embryos would have a percentage chance, we think, of a positive pregnancy test and an adjusted mm. percentage chance of giving you a baby. Success and failure in IVF. When, when we talk about success rates and when we quote success rates, and I even did it earlier, I was guilty of this, talking about clinical pregnancy rates and biochemical rates and implantation rates and things like that. It's all just noise. Success is a baby. Anything mm. that's not a baby isn't successful. Now, in order to get proper live birth data, you need to be open for years. Mm. Not one year, years. Mm. So that's why we talk about the other things while we get to that point. But ultimately, it's live birth that we'll be very much focused on. But when I'm talking to a patient about their chances, I'm talking about live birth rate. So if I've got somebody who I think is going to do well and produce, say, four embryos in a cycle, the joke is the fastest way to get that person pregnant and get them a baby is take all four embryos and put them back in together. But they don't let me do that no more. Um, <laughs> we never do that. Obviously, in most cases, in the vast majority of cases, we transfer one at a time. But that one embryo might only have a 50 to 60 percent, only he says, a 50 to 60 percent chance of a positive pregnancy test, maybe a 30 to 35 percent chance of a baby, maybe less depending on age and miscarriage risk. But if you have more embryos, you get more bites of the mm. cherry. So you're talking about your cycle ending in one of two ways, either with your family being completed or you having no embryos left. Mm. So if the first transfer doesn't work, you're on to the next and on to the next and on to the next. And we know that the statistical chances of a success with your last embryo mm. aren't wildly different from your first embryo. So we have to think cumulatively. So everybody I see, everybody Dr. McGat sees, is going to, that we've done a treatment plan up, is going to get a cumulative live birth rate. That's based on... We do this calculus, how mm. many eggs are we going to get? How many embryos do we think we're going to get? What's the percentage value of each of these embryos? And then you move on from there. You know, some people will have a worse chance than 30%. Some people it could be as high as 50 or 60% cumulative yeah. live birth rate, you know? so. 
And I suppose that's why we landed on this was because, you know, traditionally, I know, say on the NHS with, you know, their model of funded uh, fertility cycles. Absolutely. Um, there would be a very strict criteria in terms of BMI, for example, so, age. Yeah. So we, we started off looking at these mm. things and saying, look, do we just mirror that? Do we just say, OK, we're going to discriminate against people over a certain age or we're going to discriminate against people over a certain weight or we're going to discriminate against people who are smoking and things like that now obviously we do want we do want people to be optimized to be the best versions of themselves but we also acknowledge that while bmi plays a role in success it's not the only thing mm. it's not the only thing not far from it that that determines success or failure you need to have some kind of yardstick in there because if we don't put some kind of criteria in then we are going to have people applying for a grant for fertility treatment who frankly just aren't that suitable for fertility treatment in the first place and that's one of the things you see in countries and israel would be a perfect example mm. of this where you have a very open funded public system and you don't really have much in the way of checks and balances the staff there are going the downside of this is that we're doing cycles on women we really shouldn't be doing mm. cycles at all and i'm talking about repeated cycles and all this. so we don't we don't want to encourage that so we yeah. want to do we want to do right by people and look I'm the last person to be paternalistic. My job isn't to tell you what to want. It's to give you an honest framework. But we want this to apply to people who we think have a shot, mm. a reasonable, not even I would say good or high, a reasonable shot yeah. at getting across the line. So that's literally the only eligibility criteria. Absolutely. And then at, at the point at which we, we have everyone um, who is eligible entered into... A random draw yep. that will be independently selected. So I think that's really important to yep. say. <clears throat> so let's just be very clear. Mm. We have one entry criteria, and that's a, a, a basic minimum level mm -hmm. of chance, cumulative chance mm -hmm. of success. After that, we don't worry about the rest of it. Yeah. And the temptation is, because there is a, a media marketing element mm. to this, you're yeah. going to be talking about, and we're going to be talking about this, that we would be wanting to cherry pick. You know, yeah. cherry pick the, yeah. uh, like the photogenic person. <laughs> we'd pick you john hashtag sad <laughs> um but you know that you would cherry pick and you would and we're not doing no, that that's not this happening. is this yeah. is an independent the the people selected for this mm -hmm. grant will be done so independently of of us and yeah. that's really really important to say i think so because then um it is what it is and everyone has a fair shot absolutely yeah yeah and i think that's really important um, yeah. um anyone who isn't successful will be called we'll have a chat so it's not kind of like you enter and then see you later yeah. um we'll we'll be in touch with everyone Good. but i'm i'm really excited about this because it's not something that's been done before here well credit where it's due this is mostly your brainchild and um i, th I think it's i think it's a really good idea and i think if and when it works well and i don't believe mm. it won't i think it will work very well then you get license i mean you want this to work well you want yeah. to work this this to work well for the patients mm. and the the end users who are yep. eligible and who, who get across the line and you want to work well for the organization as yeah. well you know everybody here is really proud of the work we're doing mm. and the commercial yeah. that we bring to it and the affordability and accessibility but everybody here especially you see it especially with the nurses yeah. they you, you can see their heart going out to people who are who are struggling to financially yeah. afford these things yeah. you know so they'll be delighted as well yeah so watch this space um, and yeah, hopefully when it goes well, we will be able to do it again. Expand. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's 100%. very exciting. Um, and this is just the start. 
so let's see where we go from here. Excellent. But yeah, I'll chat to you again soon. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks.